Welcome to Yacht Pulled Live, featuring conversations with top D2C leaders. On September 12th, Tomer Tagren, co-founder of Yapo, spoke at Yapo's conference, Destination D2C, to share insider tips, industry trends, product developments, and much more. So hi everyone, super, super excited to have you today. We're gonna to have a phenomenal day. Um, we thought about kicking it off, talking a little bit about how we view the industry, how we view what we do here, and then I'm gonna talk about the amazing lineup of speakers and content that we have here. So I think in the last few years, right, there's a lot of been saying about the death of retail. I think it's very, very clear today that retail is not dying, but we actually live in one of the most exciting times as consumers is the renaissance of brands and what brands are doing to us as consumers and how they are able to change our lives. And what happened is in the beginning, they thought, okay, it's just the digital native brands, the one that are starting online, the Away, the Allbirds, the Movement, and uh, the Antakits of the world, but it's very, very clear what we see today that also more forward-thinking brand that started, I would say, earlier, that now moving from offline to online or to Omnichannel, Patagonia, 1-800 Flowers, Steve Madden, Bob's Furniture, like doing phenomenal things and changing experiences. And, and it's when, when we internally think about why that's happening, I think the number one reason is that brands today are obsessed with their consumers. So think about this photo. Consumers are standing in line in the rain outside of a Glossier store and actually waiting to buy products. So Glossier, what they're doing, they're handing out Glossier's umbrellas and drinks and whatever you want to help with the experience. So brands today, the brands that are succeeding are the brands that are obsessed with their consumers, with their experiences. And that created a world where actually the consumers are also obsessed with the brand. So great examples can be like a Kylie Jenner pop-up store. If you ever seen a phenomena like that, you should, but it's just like out of the world. Uh, you see even, I, we even see it internally like Yotpo. If you go to our office, I think like the delivery person that's coming so many times with so many different packages that consumers just love to show off what they're doing because consumers are obsessed with the brands that they're buying from. Um, and it all comes to the fact that all of those brands took a direct-to-consumer approach and of highly focused on the direct-to-consumer efforts. And it's very, very clear that, they, I don't know, I think everyone in this room wants to create a magical consumer experience for their consumers. And that's our focus. And what happens is that brand became a destination for people just to come to the website. So it can be through discovery, through social channels, but I wanna see what the brands are doing. What are the cool things that are happening? I actually wanna come and see the brand. What is the new, uh, I don't know, pop-up store for Way, their terminal store, and what everything that's happening. So brands are actually becoming a destination for consumers just to come and experience. And that leads that they wanna stay and they wanna actually experience the brand. They wanna experience the brand online, mobile, online, and stay with the brand and understand what's happening, but also in offline. We see a lot of uh, consumers that just wanna experience the brand and what it means. Um, and eventually brands are becoming a destination to return. Because I think the number one thing that we see from our data is that when consumers are obsessed with the brand that they're buying from, they really wanna buy more and more and more, and again and again and again. And <clears throat> I would even say different types of products that not necessarily in the core vertical. So <clears throat> we see that the brands are succeeding to create themselves a destination, right? A destination for consumers to come, to experience, and to return. 
So all of that is super great and everything is right, like uh, our language pink and uh, everyone is happy, but it's not the case because it's so freaking hard to succeed. Like to create that, it's uh, practically impossible or almost impossible. And, and this is something we devote a lot of time and energy internally that we think a lot about. So why it's so hard? So when we characterize why it's so freaking hard to succeed today in a D2C world, and there are a few things. One, one, it's like small teams, right? It's not when you have none of the brand that we work with from the biggest one to the smallest one. You don't have like hundreds of people that can do whatever you want. These are small teams that most of the time are using too many solutions. The solutions are not talking very well with one another, so it's really hard to integrate. They have too many consumer channels. Data is siloed and you're constantly trying to crunch through your day-to-day -day with like zero capacity, basically. And so when we think how we can contribute to that, we set ourselves on a mission to basically help through technology. So we don't do anything cool like you guys, like the brands, we do like the, the backbones technology, but uh, what we're trying to do is to help using that technology, helping you create a magical consumer experiences. Because we think once we'll be able to achieve that, then all of the brands can be super focused just on the product, just on their consumers, and they won't need to worry about what the day-to-day -day entails. So let's take it down a notch for a second from a high level. So the third thing is reviews, right? When we started as a company that trusts reviews and to basically disrupt the review industry, the first thing that we did was hyper-focus on how you can collect more content, right? So we started with stuff like email, review form, mobile-first experiences, and we're going to introduce more channels along the way, um, but then we shifted from helping as we were able to generate so much content, we learned that nobody's paginating and especially on mobile, like to page number two, three, five, four, nobody reads more than like eight, nine, ten reviews. And actually, more surprisingly, the more reviews you read, it doesn't affect your conversion rate. What does affect your conversion rate is how many topics you covered when you read a review, meaning if I read like 10 reviews talking about how great the shoelace is, it doesn't matter too much, but if I read two reviews on that, two reviews on a different topic, two reviews on a different topic, there's a much likelier chances I will convert. So <clears throat> we introduced the for Focus uh, this year, if you recall, that basically enables to pop up the relevant sentiment using natural language processing, the relevant topic to each one of the consumers. And <clears throat> now we're thinking about Okay, so we change how consumers engage with user-generated content. Now we think a lot about the experience again on how to generate it. And one of the things we're working on and we're gonna launch uh, probably next year is like how to personalize the experience and especially in a world where you have a lot of subscription, loyal customers, that every experience is different. How do we approach that from a content creation standpoint? So smart feedback, something that we are very excited about, I wanna show you. So let's take Jen as an example. She's a very loyal customer of Love Wellness, right? So Jen bought five mood pills and already gave two reviews, both of them were five stars. Then the question, what? If she's gonna buy again, she's gonna get the same experience, that's pretty dumb, right? It's not personal enough. So we're really trying to think how we can make this experience better. So think about a world where, oh, sorry, yeah. So I'm telling Jen, you know what? Now with Smart Feedback, first of all, thank you for your previous reviews. Second, I know last time that you talked about, uh, I don't know, price. What do you think about this product price? And you know what, ne last time you didn't add a photo, maybe this time you wanna add a photo. 
And <clears throat> maybe now it's a great time for you to refer a friend, right? Because we know you are a loyal customer. So this is just like a very simple thought that you can take and really change how you interact with consumers on the review experience. Um, so that's just like one example of how we're going to innovate in reviews in the next, I would say, 12 to 18 months. A another great example is our next product, right? Like the visual marketing suite. And I think uh, we launched this product two, three years ago because we understood that we live in the rise of visual expression. That consumers today express themselves not just with text, but a lot of it is visual, right? Photos and more recently videos. So <clears throat> the first thing that we did is basically to enable the expression of your consumers and for you to take advantage of that on your website, homepage, checkout pages. Now that we integrated with like email marketing solutions, you can use those visual expression and email marketing solutions. And, and to be honest, since we launched it, we see like an amazing amount of growth, right? We see growth phenomenal in the amount of photos that consumers are sharing. We launched videos a few months ago and it's exploding. And I'm sure in 2020, we see like enormous amount of uh, videos coming up and we're going to be very, very focused on, again, helping consumers share their visual experiences. Uh, one of the things that I'm super excited about about the future is that we think a lot about, okay, now that we have all of those assets and the volume is already high, what do you do with it? So if you apply computer vision and a lot of the data that we have, you can actually tailor made what type of visual expressions will cause different types of reactions in different types of consumers. So I'll give you another example of what visual IQ can do, but think about a world where I have a lot of information about a photo. I know a lot of the attributions because of computer vision, right? What is the photo? What is inside a photo? What type of consumers interacted with that photo? We also know the Yotpo data, right? Which consumers looked at a photo and then they bought, which consumer looked at a photo and didn't buy and why, and start characterizing them. And then what you can do, you can inject it into our engine and eventually, oh, sorry, and eventually get the right gallery for you. So when I'm going in to look at, I don't know, Steve Madden homepage galleries, maybe I'll see something different if my wife will go and see that, right? Because probably we're looking at different types of uh, shoes probably more, more that she's looking for her shoes and I'm looking to buy her shoe. But if that's not the case, then probably we need to look at like different type of photo that will uh, direct us to different type of uh, conversion rates. So that's like the visual IQ that we are super, super happy. Now, uh, I want to explain, we haven't talked a lot about it publicly about why Yotpo went into retention and why we acquired Swell. So I want to give an example here and move to the next product. So one of the great... Uh, sentences I heard in the last 12 months from one of the D2C founder was, you know, Facebook ads are becoming more expensive than a Fifth Avenue store. Uh, and probably, by the way, maybe with the not IPO of WeWork, it might even go even uh, further down the line. But definitely we see like a dramatic increase in customer acquisition costs, right? I don't think there is a second platform to Instagram. So Instagram is becoming super expensive. That was the secret weapon of a lot of digital brands. We see Facebook is becoming super, super expensive. So if there's one takeaway to take from today, if you're not focused on retention, focus. If you are focused on retention, double down. Because without, without a doubt, retention is going to be the key of the brand that are going to have positive unit economics and the brand that are just crunching users. Because it's unsustainable. Every chart that we look, when you look at CAC over time, it just goes and explodes. And the question is what to do with that? And the answer is retention. And in retention, we see 
really, really great results that are able, that enable us uh, to do really interesting thing and eventually even invest more with customer acquisition costs. So <clears throat> last year we acquired Swell, uh, a phenomenal company that basically, uh, besides the team, besides um, like uh, Josh and Jim and their team that were a phenomenal team, I think what, what was most interesting for us, it's a very, I'll call it elastic platform, meaning the ability to customize the experience was for us from all of the companies we saw were the best. Uh, and I'm, I'm so, so excited to announce that I think 12 months after, Yotpo currently is the backbone of some of the most creative and the most forward-thinking brands' loyalty programs. Uh, and we're doing phenomenal things. We have hundreds of customers uh, utilizing it in so many different ways. I want to show you two great, great examples that I think you should pay attention to because I think they did something really phenomenal. Two brands, one, let's look at Third Love. For those of you who don't know Third Love, probably the number one disruptor of uh, Victoria's Secret, but they are a much more inclusive brand. So with Third Love, we introduced with them together Third Love Hooked. So Third Love didn't want to give points and to do all of that because they're afraid it's going to dilute their brand. So instead of that, what we did is a VIP tiers approach, meaning based on your purchases, you're getting into different VIP tiers that based on that, you can get early access to product, you can get free shipping, you can get better support and tons of different things. And basically, Yotpo powers all the business logic, all the reach out to consumer and all the backend. The results that we saw were just like up the roof. From every engagement metric that we saw, we saw it just working much better. From email collection to conversion rate to return rate was just like up the roof. And it really, what they wanted to achieve is that to keep their brand uh, and brand power in the same level. And like, we're more than able to deliver on that. So that's like one example. Another extreme example is SocoGlam. That basically what SocoGlam wanted to achieve is a FOMO. Um, it's a FOMO effect for the customers, not to lose anything. And with, with SocoGlam, we introduced a completely different type of program with discounts and points, again, for consumers too afraid to miss out of a lot of things. And again, when you look at results, the ROI, the redeem rate is just like up the roof. And again, we have hundreds of those examples. I urge you, again, if you are not focused on like retention and loyalty, go to our product people. Uh, what we're doing and what we're seeing is just phenomenal. And the great thing is once your retention rate goes higher and your CLTV goes higher, then you have more money to spend on customer acquisition costs. And then we see a snowball effect of brands that are able to win their vertical because they, their customers have higher CLTV. Therefore, they are able to invest more in customer acquisition costs, and it's becoming a snowball effect that they're winning versus their competitors. So highly, highly, highly recommended. One of the things that's going to come up really, really soon that we are really excited about is we thought, okay, now that we have all of that, how we can again apply machine learning and AI and to really be smart on who is getting what in terms of the program. So we're going to launch like Segment Plus. It's basically the idea that you can segment different types of loyal customers and offer them different types of experiences. So I'll give you one great example. Let's say Kayla. Kayla bought the luggage at the way, but Kayla gave a one-star review talking about the service. So probably it's a very dumb idea to ask now a referral or to give Kayla points, right? Because Kayla is very, very unhappy from the shipping, okay? So what Yotpo will do is instead of now offering points or referral, we will actually direct it to the customer support representative, to the software using an integration, and we're going to notify the representative, you know what, 
Kayla wasn't happy by the shipping. You should know that. Talk to her about that. So that's one extreme of like customers that can be loyal, but they had like a bump in the road in the experience and how you fix that. Another experience is let's take David. David is actually a, a very VIP tier of Ministry of Supply. He referred three friends. He wrote a bunch of reviews. He bought multiple times, but we know that probably David is likely to buy in the next 30 days. Or consumers like David are likely to buy in the next 30 days. And we also know that David, in the reviews that he gave, he talked about, I don't know, the tight or the fabric of the t-shirt. So maybe we should offer David now a t-shirt from the same fabric. Because we know which shirt have like high sentiment on fabric. So he would probably be inclined to buy something that also other consumers said they have like a great fabric. And this is a great another example on how you can segment a specific type of uh, audience and tailor made for them a very good experience because we know David is likely to buy in the next 30 days. David care about the fabric of the clothes and this is a great shirt with a great fabric. Okay, now we thought internally if to share it or not, but we said, you know what, what the heck. Uh, the last year was extremely hard for us from a product engineering and strategy thinking because, okay, we said our mission is to enable brand to create a magical consumer experience. We have now four different products and it's starting to be a mess, architectural-wise, because how do you create all of those synergies? How do you help everything? It's a lot of like big data complexity. And <clears throat> the first thing we did is we mapped what type of uh, solution the average brand uses to run their brand, right? To run their experiences. And we found between 12 to 15 different applications, right? From reviews to email, to SMS, to advertising, to on-site engagement, product recommendation, photos, loyalty, there's like a bunch. <clears throat> the, the problem that we had, it's like, it's basically impossible to, to help brands create a magical consumer experience where you have so many different categories that are scattered. Now, I'll be geeky for two slides. And the, the main reason, when you look at like each one of the solutions, from an architectural standpoint, it's built the same thing, right? So at the bottom, you have like integrations. Integration can be integration into Shopify, Magento, Salesforce, or other apps of the ecosystem. Then you have like analyt analytics, content, data. So think about like what type of content you collect in order to know who to send a referral or who to send an email or who to send a review request. It doesn't matter. You have all the content itself. And then you have, and of course, the business logic. And then you have the consumer channels, right? So for example, a referral solution has consumer channels in on-site, email, and maybe ads, and an email solution is talking just through email. Now the problem, when you start mapping all of the products, think about how can you create synergies in that kind of a world of a siloed? Because everything is very, very siloed. So when you have 15, and we couldn't even put 15 of those siloed in one slide, it's becoming really, really complex to create synergy from every solution to every solution, right? Um, so I think in the last two years, uh, one of the things today I'm most probably excited to announce is what we call internally Atlas, right? So when we think what can carry the weight of everything together that will be able to enable those synergies, it's something that needs to be a completely different type of architecture. And in the last two years, we completely redesigned it. So we said, what if 
instead of all of those siloed, now for the first time, you have one common infrastructure that's called Atlas, that everything is in there. Your integrations is in there. The data is in there. The, uh, I don't know, stuff like natural language processing, computer vision, predictive analytics, and each one of the solution is talking to, uh, to the same Atlas. And therefore, you can create synergies from everything to everything you want. It's an enormous amount of effort from a product engineering and company commitment, but we show once all of the brands are gonna work this way, then it's a different world, right? Then you can enjoy stuff like machine learning, AI kicking into place, synergies, and actually creating magical consumer experiences for your customers. So although it's something that you haven't seen, and it's something that just in the back office, we think this is one of the most important developments uh, to help direct-to-consumer brands actually succeed. So Atlas is in, the purpose of Atlas is actually to help you save you time, that we know how much time is precious in our world. It's supposed to save you energy in all of those integrations and exactly what to do and how to make sure that what solution to use and how. And <clears throat> it entails to save you money. And most importantly, it unlocks a new way for you to engage with your consumers. So <clears throat> a few examples. Let's get back to Jane that, I don't know, bought at a beauty counter. We know Jane has like a dry skincare. We know that her skin uh, type is dry. We also know the, her skin tone, and we know she's a power user on Instagram that follows you. Then what Atlas will able to achieve is what we called here for the sake of the presentation, the Jane filter. So think about it when Jane sees something on Instagram, clicks move to the website, automatically she's moved to a product page where all of the reviews are auto filters for a dry skincare with her skin tone, with the stuff that we know she likes, right? So it's the right product for her with the right content for her to engage now. We also know what type of photos Jane wants to see, because probably Jane wants to see photos from other consumers that have dry skin, because that's how she wants to see the product. So this is just an example, and of course, eventually, also maybe it's a great time now for Jane to give a referral. So that's just an example how Atlas can look at like different types of data sources, and enable a consumer experience that won't require from the brand heavy lifting. The second example <clears throat> is what we call like opportunity knocks, right? So different types of consumers that I wanna give different types of examples a and how you can really use predictive AI and predictive analytics to do it. So a few examples, let's say a specific consumer, let's say, I don't know, Imeka, uh, we know that Imeka <clears throat> looked at uh, a product, and we know that he made his first purchase, he left a positive review that, uh, I don't know, we're talking about, again, let's say the fabric of the shirt or the service, and <clears throat> we also know that Imeka went back again and looked at a different product uh, and read reviews talking about the price. But then he didn't buy. Probably the best thing to do is to sell a count abandonment email or the retargeting ad should talk about coupons and best price ever. Because we know he's likely to buy, we know it's a good customer, he was just looking at price and probably the price was too expensive for him. So again, Atlas can enable that out of the gate. Another example, <coughs> so we can uh, predict what type of segment of customers are likely to purchase in the next 30 days and to match the relevant content to that segment to buy and actually be very proactive and you don't need to guess and you don't need to look at your uh, 
I don't know, segmentation 10 times a day and start building campaigns, you will actually know, you know what, they are likely to buy, this is the relevant content, put your creative people, very precise, and let's go and execute on that. So, and there are hundreds of examples of what one common data infrastructure can create in a world where all of the solutions are connected together. Great. So, <clears throat> how are we gonna make this a reality? Um, so, the first thing, like internally, uh, we say it takes a village. Uh, it's not an easy task. Uh, it's a very long-term thing on how to help brands unlock uh, a magical consumer experience. Internally, we have a few commitments. One, although Atlas, it's not something that we are monetizing on, it's not something that we're selling, we're gonna continue investing and start introducing it to brands more and more and more. We're gonna also open Atlas for a selective number of partners to integrate and to really help create that magical consumer experience. We also, <coughs> we also give a commitment that every 12 to 18 months, we're gonna launch a new product in a new category to help, again, everything become much more synergetic. So when you think about Yotpo in five, seven years, it's gonna have much more products talking together with the best data infrastructure in the world. And <coughs> super excited to announce, we're launching 24 seven support to all of our customers, live chat. Uh, I can tell you that we doubled down the number of CSMs and subject matter experts that we have in the company in the last year. Next year, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen again continue to investing in the service because we understand that you guys don't have time and we want to help doing that. So internally, we're going to be super focused on product, investing in the common infrastructure and investing in our service and commitment for success. Second thing that we're launching today that we're super excited about is our customer advisory board with like amazing brands into that that will help us know where to go. We know that we don't have all the answers or we probably don't have most of the answers and we really rely on you, on the customer, on the ecosystem to help us. So we're launching our customer advisory board. In, on purpose, it's a very small group and a very selected group of brands that we chose to work with. We're gonna probably increase it slightly over the year, but this is something that I'm personally super, super excited about to work hand in hand with those brands and like, what, what, should, what should we develop, how, and what's the priority? And <clears throat> also, we live in an ecosystem, right? It takes a village. And in the ecosystem we work currently, I'm happy to share that we work with more than, I think, 270 agencies that are helping customers deploy and work with the Yotpo stack. But <clears throat> more importantly, we work with tech partners, we work with platform. So great example with Shopify and Shopify Plus, and we're gonna hear from Lauren later today, the, the general manager of Shopify Plus. We work really hand in hand about data integration, stuff like, uh, uh, load speed and the speed of the platform that we know the importance, especially on Shopify and Shopify Plus. It's something that we investing together very, very heavily. Uh, another really big announcement that I'm happy to share is that Yotpo is finally, uh, we integrate with Magento and we're gonna be live and a native integration for Magento 2 customers starting from end of October. So every Magento 2 customer is gonna get Yotpo natively with no need of an integration. Our tech team is working with the Magento tech team very, very hard to create a phenomenal experience. And that Yotpo is like integrated with both Salesforce Commerce Cloud and Salesforce Marketing Cloud across the different products. Again, whatever you are using, we wanna be there. <coughs> Great. So let's talk about a little bit what's gonna happen today. Uh, I told uh, everyone that uh, we're 
and we'll talk about it in the closing remark, it really took a village to also do this day. Uh, but I'm so excited by the content. It was very, very important for us that it will actually be meaningful and interesting and to hear firsthand what some of the smartest marketers, some of the smartest brands in the world are doing. So we're going to have tons of different brands, tons of different uh, characters. We wanted to show you what smaller brands are doing, what like huge brands like how one a ton flowers is innovating on scale. Uh, we want to show you like how the VC community think about it. So you're going to have VCs, the media, and we have like a bunch of interviews uh, starting now that like uh, Jeff from uh, Steve Madden, how he basically implied the change in the organization. So I have to say, super, super excited to have you. Thank you very, very much to have. Welcome to Destination D2C, and I can't wait to see what this day is going to entail. Thank you very much. <clears throat>